Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! This week, we get to test out a theory. A theory that I talked a little bit about during the preseason leading up to week one. But the theory is the most improvement you're going to see from one week to the next happens this week. Week one to week two. And Purdue has another opponent that is going to challenge them this week. First road trip of the year at Virginia Tech. And we're going to dive deep into this matchup, give you all the things to watch for, some X factors, and a prediction on this game. Welcome into another edition of Behind the Rails. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As you can see on the screen behind me, for those watching on YouTube, and we had a lot of you watching on YouTube for the recap show. Mostly, you know, I, I don't I wouldn't say mostly Fresno State fans, but there were a lot of them, and a lot of them chirping in the comment section. So I doubt any of those people are back. But if you're a Virginia Tech fan listening to a preview and potentially a recap of the show, welcome in as well. But this is a Purdue-centric podcast, gonna be looked at it through uh, the the lens of uh, Purdue football. And uh, as you can see behind me, we've got some photos from Ross Aid in week one. Thank you to Kale DeVoe and Rachel Jones for sending in photos. And if you want to be a part of the show like these two, send me a DM, send me an email. The email will scroll by here in a second on the screen behind me. And you can send in photos, a um, handful of those that I used from, from Rachel and Kale of the, the new South End Zone. Um, and it looks great, uh, the Tiller Tunnel. Uh, so some really good pictures. I thank you guys for that. And you can be a part of the show. Just email me or DM me some photos, and you can be a part of the show as well. So let's make sure you guys are subscribed. So for those that are watching on YouTube or listening to a podcast, let's pause it for a hot second. Okay, now that you've paused, maybe... Well, I shouldn't have. Maybe you aren't paused, but maybe you are paused and are going to go here next. But hit that subscribe button. You can hit subscribe while you're watching or listening. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you like the video or the podcast. Let's get those numbers up. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. I'm not going to send you or charge you anything um, for, for subscribing. That's not the subscription that we're talking about. You're not subscribing to Amazon here. I'm not going to charge you 60 to 70 bucks a year. I'm not going to charge you anything. I'm just asking you if you could hit that subscribe button just so we can improve the show. And I can go back to the people at the believe network and say, you guys are a dedicated audience and we're starting to grow this thing into something that is, is going to be pretty big. And people are enjoying it 
and more people are enjoying it. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you like the video or the podcast wherever you are listening podcast on Apple, Spotify, or watching along on YouTube. Thank you very much. Week two, Purdue, a three-point underdog at Virginia Tech. We have the over-under at 49 points. Game is at noon on ESPN2. And I think this is a good window to be in this week because as you get later on on Saturday, the schedule just gets more jam-packed with some high-profile matchups. So this is a good chance for for some people around the country to watch Purdue hopefully come out on the winning side this time and uh, and see a, a team that hopefully has improved from week one to week two. Now, I'm not saying a lot, you know, that they're going to improve as far as strength-wise. Maybe you're going to see some things on film now that you finally have some film uh, against an, an, an opponent and you can see the mistakes that were made. You know, you can see the some of the miscommunications that were made in the secondary. Some of the some of the missed blocks up front that, you know, just didn't allow Purdue to get a whole lot of push in the run game until the second half against Fresno State. So I I think that this is the area this is the week that you make that big jump from out of any week of the season. This is where teams make the biggest jump. I believe, because you get to finally see some mistakes that were made on film. And yes, there are going to be more mistakes made in this game, but hopefully those mistakes are lessened. They are few and far between. So I think that is why this theory is out there. And I think if you look back at the data, and I think maybe Ryan Walters even mentioned it in his in his uh, press conference earlier this week, that you know teams make a big jump um, looking at some of the data. So I think that, you know, there were some things to take away as well from that press conference. You know, we found out, you know, if rehab is on track and goes to plan, Josh Kaltenberger should be in the starting lineup at center. Austin Johnson filled in last week as the third string center as we're still waiting around for Gus Hartwig to eventually come back. Garrett Miller also out this week still. So those two when those two come back, I think it's it's I think the offense will take a a good jump in production. There will be less errors made. There will be another reliable target for Hudson Card to be out there. But we'll get there when we get there, and hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Let's talk a little bit about Virginia Tech, a team that struggled mightily last year in the first season under Brent Pry, coming off a win over Old Dominion, a team they lost to last season, but avenged that loss this season and ended up coming up with a, a couple-score victory over uh, over the Monarchs. So I watched the game, Virginia Tech and Old Dominion. Some things that stood out to me is that this is a team that can create problems for that Purdue secondary once again. Now, They have, you know, another guy in the slot, Jalen Lane, who's a speedy guy that lines up in the slot, can catch the ball over the middle, um, showed the the ability to actually go down outside the numbers as well and make some catches, uh, difficult catches um, from Grant Wells, the quarterback. Um, And then 
he he kind of exploded in the first half a little bit with some big plays. Then it was Ali Jennings, who is a big target, uh, is a deep threat uh, for Grant Wells in this in this offense. So I think as where as where Fresno State had Eric Brooks and Jalen Gill, I, I think Jennings is a bigger target than Gill. Uh, but I still think you know an, another talented guy uh, that could you know hurt this secondary and. Hopefully we see the secondary improve. I talked about the miscommunications a couple of minutes ago. I I think we're not looking for a night and day difference. We're not looking for this secondary to be uh, the no-fly zone or a secondary that just absolutely shuts down this passing game. I think we're just looking for this defense to not have so many wide-open patches of green that were available to Fresno State and available to Eric Brooks working over the middle. And that's where kind of Jalen Lane works um, most of his routes over the middle. Uh, they're going to be in space. They're going to try to get him the ball because speedy can make you got, make guys miss. And I, I think that's where this Purdue secondary can improve the most. Can they shut down those passing lanes? Can they, have more of a presence over the middle or out on the edges in space to where those plays are, you know, more difficult and not as easy as Fresno state made them look throwing for almost 500 yards uh, last week. So I, I just think that the secondary has to improve, you know, at least show some improvement uh, because if they don't, and they're not, you know, shutting down some of these lanes, making some of the plays on the ball over the middle stopping some of the bigger plays that that Fresno State had multiple times last week, especially on some of those drives where um, – and it wasn't just one of those drives. It was multiple drives where they just couldn't get a stop on third down. And something that Ryan Walters mentioned in his press conference, I think he was asked by a reporter, you know, how he felt about the defensive line. It didn't really feel like they got a whole lot of pressure. Um, and they did. They ended up sacking – uh, Mikey Keene a couple of times, maybe three sacks, three or four sacks on, on the day last Saturday. Um, I think Grant Wells has some mobility, but I don't think it's it's as much as Mikey Keene. I think Mikey Keene was able to move around in the pocket a lot more. They're still going to get try to get Grant Wells you know, on the move outside the tackle zone, outside the tackle box, and, and make some throws um, on the run outside of the pocket. But I, I think that this Purdue um, front is going to have a little bit more uh, experience um, getting after the quarterback and making some impact plays because Fresno State threw a lot of short stuff over the middle to Eric Brooks, especially a lot of quick stuff. I think the attacks offense has, has some elements, but it's not all based on that. I think they're trying to get the ball deep to lane they're trying to get the ball deep to Jennings and I think that will allow the Purdue pass rush to get there more often than not it, you can't just rely on Nick Scourton to to Scorton to make plays every single time when when it's needed you need other guys to step up as well you need you know Langham you need Emba to to off the edge and, and make some plays you need Jenkins, who had a really good game last week. He needs to imp- keep coming after the quarterback like he did last week. Keep coming and, and, and going after the quarterback and getting into that backfield and making them feel uncomfortable so that it helps out the secondary and you're making the quarterback 
you know, maybe rush a throw or he can't completely see where he is throwing the ball. So he throws it to an area where a Purdue defender is at. Now, I, I think another area improvement for the secondary is tackling. We saw Cam Allen miss a couple of tackles, especially early on in that game. Uh, I think there were a couple of plays where Eric Brooks kind of slipped out of a couple of, of, of tackles and, and made the play, you know, from a seven yard gain to maybe a 13 or 14 yard gain that, you know, could have ended a drive. So I just think that with this secondary, it, they're still going to be tested. Grant Wells more than capable moved, moves around decently. Uh, the, the, the Virginia Tech offense had 14 yards, over 14 yards per catch last week against Old Dominion. And yes, they're a group of five team out of the Sun Belt, but Purdue just faced a group of five team that threw all over them. And yes, it's probably one of the best group of five teams in the country, probably them and Tulane. But still, this is a secondary that is going to be tested because that is the main weakness right now. I don't think Virginia Tech is going to run the ball effectively all that much just because I think Purdue's rush run defense is is pretty good I think they showcased what they're capable of with the guys up front Cole Brevard had you know a good game um, I mentioned the guys like Langham and 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 uh, Emba uh, were in the backfield uh, Scourton and Jenkins were there all the time as well uh, in the backfield making plays making sure that those big runs never happened so I think they get ended up giving just over 100 yards rushing uh, Virginia Tech really didn't run the ball a whole lot uh, last week. weren't that effective on the ground. They rushed for just over 100 yards. So I, I think if you can keep that that rushing attack down, slow that down, and force Grant Wells to beat you with his arm, he's capable of it. He's got some targets uh, that he can throw to and, and are productive. It's can this secondary step up this week and and make a few more plays so that uh, it's not a game that's going back and forth in the fourth quarter and you're relying on one stop in that fourth quarter on the final drive or your or a Hail Mary attempt at the very end. You, you know, you're winning or you're up in this game or you're up by a score um, so that you don't need to rely on this defense and, and the offense can kind of run out the clock. So I think this defense has some advantages. I, I think they will be able to get after. Grant Wells a little bit more uh, this week than what Old Dominion was. He kind of, you know, didn't really have to move around a whole lot. They got after him. I th- they didn't even get a sack on him now thinking back on it. So I, I think that there is potential for uh, this defense to have some success with its front seven, and it needs to show that in the secondary there are, is some improvement. doesn't have to be, you know, a significant margin that they they are improved by it you would like it to be but just show some sign of improvement show that there's no miscommunications in the back end where you have a guy running wide open in the end zone uh, and having you know other guys make plays over the middle and have you know nobody around him for eight to ten yards those are the types of plays where you hopefully minimize and, and are are not having those drives keep getting to third down, and then they end up getting the third down. If you can hold down Virginia Tech to 50% on third down, which is not what they did against Fresno State, if you can 
have them be eight for 16 or seven for 17 or something like that on third down. I like this defense's chances to keep them in the game uh, more, more often than not, if they're able to do something like that, get off the field. That should be something focused on today. Third down defense. Can you get off the field? Because they were not able to. And that's a big reason why they lost the game last Saturday. Offensively, I think this offense can have success. I think they can move the ball just like they did last week on Fresno State. Old Dominion's defense, excuse me, Old Dominion's offense was able to move the ball on Virginia Tech. They were able to run the ball for over 200 yards. They had a mobile quarterback who was able to, you know, keep it on some zone reads and and scamper down the field. He was able to make some plays with his legs. I think Grant Wilson uh, is his name. So Virginia Tech showed that they struggled with a quarterback that can use his legs. Advantage Purdue because Hudson Card showed a couple of times last week and including a couple of times on, on some designed runs that he can beat you with his legs. I think also that this Virginia Tech defense really didn't show a, a whole lot of blitz packages, especially on third down. They rushed, I think, a maximum of five multiple times, uh, but they really tried to get after the quarterback with four. Now, this offensive line, you know, showed in some areas that it can hold up uh, and give card time. Other times, they really struggled. They really struggled in short-yarded situations. I think they need to get the running game going and have it be a strength this week because I think there is the opportunity to run on Virginia Tech's defense. Giving up over 200 yards and some chunk plays to a group of five offense, I think will translate to Purdue having some bigger plays on the ground Bigger plays for Devin Mockaby, for Dylan Downing, Tyrone Tracy Jr., for Hudson Card. I, I think there are ample opportunities for these guys to establish the run game, something they really didn't do until late in the game against Fresno State, really could not get anything going in that first half, really didn't even try to go back to Mockaby after he fumbled. I think if you can get him established, get him comfortable, and lean on this Virginia Tech defense, I think by the time the fourth quarter rolls down, rolls around, you can push this front around a little bit. Now, they do have a really good pass rusher. Uh, he's one of my X factors for the game. Uh, Antoine Powell-Ryland, he had two sacks last week. Athletic, has a little bit of burst on the edge. So I think it's going to be important for... Uh, Purdue to know where he's at, especially if they're only going to rush four or five, because I think he's the one that was most effective last week against Old Dominion. I, I think there are opportunities for this offense to run the ball, run it well, and hopefully they don't abandon it like they did in that first half. I get it. They had some really good, successful plays with the connection of Harold to Deion Burks. I hope they still have those type plays in this game. And I think there are going to be opportunities. Now, Virginia Tech's secondary, I think, is is pretty good. Uh, they only give up about 90 yards to Old Dominion. But 
Wilson really didn't have a whole lot of time to throw, and he was kind of on the run quite a bit, made some good throws. But I think Hudson Card is going to be the better quarterback than maybe Grant Wells on this day. I, I like his chances to be more productive. I think there it's opportunity for for Burks and for Marshawn Rice to get involved. I think we're going to see other guys step up. I think we see TJ Sheffield have a little bit more production in this offense this week. I think you need to. You kind of, I think you need to spread the ball around a little bit more because you could tell he was looking for Burks a, a little bit more than the other guys. And I, and I don't fault him for that, but I think it, it can come as a fault when the defense kind of knows where you're going. And you saw on the final play, I think it was, where Laval Bailey ended up knocking down that pass. Card stared down Burks the entire time as Bailey dropped back into coverage on, on that quick slant and not was able to knock that pass down. So I think if you are able to establish a little bit more of a connection with Sheffield Rice um, or, or Max Clare or Devin Mockaby out of the backfield as well, I think I think they might have only thrown that one pass to him, and it was on the opening drive, and they never really got him involved in the passing game, I don't believe, uh, the rest of the game. So I would just be trying to get him involved in the passing game if you're not going to be able to uh, get the ball to him uh, and, and have him running effectively. I said that earlier on in the season as well. you got to use him. He's an effective weapon that can make guys miss and, and can make some big plays. So offensively, I, I think Purdue will have the ability to uh, run the ball. Uh, and, and hopefully they improve in short yarded situations. Hopefully they maybe scheme things a little bit better up front. I mean, I don't know how you can when you're in a goal line situation. It's all about, you know, that push. And maybe Kaltenberger gives you a little bit more of a push than Austin Johnson does. Uh, maybe those transfer transfers at guard are able to get a little bit more push this week. I'm not going to say that, you know, that theory of, of making that a significant improvement from week one to week two. They're not going to gain a whole bunch of strength from week one to week two, but maybe you're able to scheme the ball a little bit better to where you're able to maybe not run right up the middle, but run, you know, in between the guard and the tackle and use the, the experience that you have out there with those guys. So I just think that there is, is capability for this offense to score. I don't think Virginia Tech is a shutdown defense. I think they showcased that numerous amount of times last season. As I said, Old Dominion was able to move the ball on them um, with, with some consistency. Uh, I just The only thing that hurt Old Dominion was the turnovers. They had three turnovers, most of them in that second half, and that stopped a lot of drives that were in Virginia Tech territory. So I think that Purdue can have some success on the ground and in the air. I, I would look for for Hudson Card to use his legs in this game um, and be effective, whether it's design runs or, or on the edge um, with, with rolling out and, and letting more plays develop so we can hit those big shots. But I, I think there is opportunity for this Purdue offense to be successful uh, against Virginia Tech this week. X factor on the Purdue side, I think, is Devin Mockaby. I think after having a frustrating Week one, 
where he really wasn't able to get going. He had, I think, bought one big run that he was able to break off. They kind of bottled him up, really didn't allow him to get to that next level. I think he was able to maybe just do it once or twice. And I, and I know that that fumble in the first half had to be frustrating, and he had to, to sit on the bench there for, for quite some time as Dylan Downing um, was able to, to come in and, and uh, fill in for that first half. So I'm, I'm expecting a big week from Maccabee, a little bit of a bounce-back week this week, and that's why he's one of my X-Factors against Virginia Tech this week. So prediction time. If Purdue wants to become bowl eligible, and I feel like I've said that sentence about 20 times over the over the last couple of, of weeks for for Purdue. But there are a lot more things at play this season. It's not all just about getting to bowl eligibility, but you want this team to be bowl eligibility. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Not just not just for the sake of hey we're getting to a bowl game. I, I think if you gave Purdue fans the the opportunity to not be in a bowl game last year I think they would have rather not taken that beat down from LSU. But it gives those young guys the reps. It gives more practice time for time alters for those younger guys that are hopefully developing over the course of this season and can shine on the field in 2024. Because I think this is, you know, a, a year that, you know, some people are, are now thinking after week one that this is a total rebuild. I I kind of pumped the brakes on that as we've talked in the preseason and I'll I'll reemphasize that again here. I don't think it's a, a total rebuild um from top to bottom. Last week you faced a really good team. Virginia Tech is I think going to be improved than what they were last year. But I think this is a game where you can win. I think this is a game that is going to be close. And I think that is going to be the case for a lot of Purdue games. And I know Purdue fans don't want to hear that. They don't want to see their teams in these battles coming down late because that's just going to bring up these feelings and these emotions that we've been here before. We were there last week. We know if the defense gets the ball on the last uh, possession of the game with three to four minutes left, it's a loss. It's a loss. We can't get a stop. We haven't been able to stop them all, all game on third down. It's a loss. You don't want your team to be in that situation every single week. But I feel like this team might just be in this situation every single week. It's it. It's not something that you want, but that's just where this team is, where the margins are razor thin in certain in certain areas. You can't have the mistakes. If Purdue would have turned the ball over at all, it would have been a blowout last week. They would have lost by at least a couple of scores, I think, maybe 10 or more. But they were clean. And if you can just get some improvement from your defense, I I think that Purdue can win this game. I think this is a week where they make a a good jump on both sides of the ball. I, I think that you're going to have improvement on offense. I think you're going to have a little bit more balance. I think that the defense in the secondary especially is going to improve. Maybe not by a ton, but I think they're going to improve and have less lapses in communication that allow bigger 
plays. So I think Purdue can win this game. I think Purdue will win this game. I think it's going to be a back fourth game. I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball on each other. But I think Purdue is still capable of scoring enough points and outscoring a team like Virginia Tech, who's not a world beater. I think they're probably on similar levels where Purdue right now, kind of in that you know area of fighting for full contention all, all season. But I think Purdue wins this game 38-31. I think they cover the spread. I think they win outright. I think we go over. And I know with like the new clock rules that there are about on average five less plays per game. Um, but it's only been a really week one and, and a handful of games that 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 data is compared to last year where there are about 68 point something plays per game in, in the first couple of weeks here. We've seen about 63, almost 64 uh, plays per game. So is probably driving down some games. But I think when you have two defenses like this with Purdue and Virginia Tech, both that have weaknesses in different areas, I think that these teams are going to be able to take advantage of them with their offenses. And that's why I think this is a back-and-forth game that hits the over in this game. So I, I think it's it's another entertaining game, a, a fun game that comes down to the wire. And even though some Purdue fans might not want that, I think that's how this game plays out. But Purdue gets on the winning side. First win for Ryan Walter this week. If not, that path to six wins just becomes that much more difficult because you couldn't have lost the game last week in, in certain instances. But as you can see on that schedule behind me right now, it's it's loaded with some teams that are, are pretty difficult and I think are only going to improve over the course of this season. But I think Purdue can improve as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Behind the Rails. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, like the video as well. If you want to leave a comment or a review, you can also do that as well. Uh, make sure you give us a five star if you feel like we've earned it. A pretty darn good show, and uh, I think that we're going to see a pretty darn good game on Saturday at high noon. I know I'm excited for it because this team can show some fireworks, and I hope we see more on Saturday as Virginia Tech plays Inter Sandman. I don't think it's going to be as effective during the daytime, but I still think 65,000 strong is still going to try to bring it against a Purdue team that is going to be searching for its first win. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We're going to have the recap of this game bright and early Sunday morning. Make sure you guys tune in to the to that podcast. It should be another one as we recap, hopefully another exciting week in Purdue football. I'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.